You know, this week has been something of an emotional roller coaster for me. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in our country today and all this uh, rioting and, and destruction and things like that. But I wanted to start it off with, with a little bit about what's been going on in my life and uh, why this week this week has been so challenging for me. There's a couple things. There's a couple reasons. Uh, everyone knows that, that I... Uh, a few uh, about a month ago, a month and a half ago, I am going through a divorce, and um, it's been a it's been a very emotional roller coaster up and down. At the same time of going through this through this divorce, we have been selling our house, and during the, during this COVID nineteen, which has been interesting, and our house is it was a complicated type of thing. Not only are we trying to sell it at a time when people can't come into your house or it's not supposed to or whatever. Um, we also, you know, we also had a, a part of it was a solar, we had solar panels on our house. So it was kind of like a double-edged sword and we needed to find someone who knew what they were doing solar wise and also a good, uh, marketing person, a, new, a good agent that knew what they're doing and was able to sell our house during this COVID. Well, two things happened this week that, uh, that finalized, that kind of gave it, gave me some closure And number one, we sold our house and we were able to close on our house after about two or three weeks of some negotiating back and forth and some problems with the solar deal. And um, we are finally able to close on our house uh, this week and on Tuesday. And we did. And that was a great thing. Uh, We also we also were able to finalize my we had our court hearing and we finalized our, uh, our divorce on Tuesday as well. And that was an emotional thing that I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, what happened there and something I learned from that incident. Um, as you know, and I explained to you, I think in my first episode or third episode or whatever, and I was t- talking to you about uh, the, you know, the situation between me and my wife. And uh, she, you know, if we'd been married for 12 years and she, had, she hadn't been happy she was struggling with herself. She was struggling to find out who she was, um, what she believes in, you know, God-wise and religion-wise and things like that. And she just wasn't happy. She'd been trying for, I guess, for a long time. She just wasn't happy. And she told me that she, uh, you know, she wanted a divorce and she wanted to, you know, be on her own. And um, during this, during the 12 years, you know, I came to find out, found out, find out that uh, she had been kind of like lying to me, or I felt like she was lying to me about her feelings and about her, you know, activity in the church, uh, living the principles of the church, like we had, you know, had, you know, committed to each other to do. And that during this time, there were certain things that she just kind of like blatantly lied to me about. So I've always had, through this whole thing, I've always had this, like this trust issue with her. Because if I can't believe her, when she tells me that she loves me or that she's doing something and and she's doing the opposite, I really had a huge, huge trust issue with her. Well, when we came to um, with the house and with the divorce, we we had we were trying to break down the distribution of the funds from the proceeds of the house and how that was going to look. Okay. And uh, we had uh, gone back and forth. We couldn't come to a, a good decision on it. Uh, much of the much of the uh, the marital debt that we had, um, she carried a lot of that on her credit cards. Uh, 
and uh, and she wanted the biggest portion of it to cover the debts on our marital debt, which I had no problems with. But this is where the trust factor came in with me, is that I was okay, and we, I knew that we needed to cover our marital debt, but I wasn't so um, sure that if she had gotten the money the way that she wanted to have it distributed, that she would apply all that money to her debt or to the debt and keep some of it, you know, so she can go off with her girlfriends and, you know, go to Mexico or have a vacation or do whatever. So I was very concerned about that because, and it stemmed back to where my, my trust level with her. Well, we're closing on the house and we're being going back and forth about this distribution. And we finally came to a, a decision, an agreement on how we were going to distribute the funds. I would pay a little bit of the debt off. She would pay some off. The funds were going to be distributed equally, and we would pay off our debt. And we agreed on that. Well, Tuesday comes around, and we have our final hearing. And um, I had gotten you know notification from the court that if you want to participate in this, um, you know, in it, you can call in. We didn't go to court. You can call in now, and and the judge and your lawyers or whatever would be online with you, and you can you can do it that way. Well, I had talked to uh, you know my wife about whether I needed to be on there at all because I just you know what I it, we we had a non-contested divorce. We had already kind of basically knew that we were just going to separate. There was no children involved. Mine are all raised. They're gone out of the house. Or there's nothing there. Um, and we only had one more child in the house, and she's 16, and and she was Carrie's daughter. And uh, so there was it was a very simple as simple as you can get as a, 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 a divorce as you can probably get. It was non-contested. So I didn't really want to really get on there because I just didn't want to go and rehash everything that was going on and blah, 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 blah. So my, and I'd asked, uh, I'd asked her, you know, do I need to be on this? I really don't want to. It's just let me know when it's done and I'll get the paperwork and, you know, from the courts and all that stuff. She said, no, you don't need to be, you don't need to be on, you know, on there because it's just a formality. I need to be on there because I'm the plaintiff and I, I will let you know what happens. I said, fine. I, I really don't want to be there anyway. So the day of the court, I get a call from the, from the judge and the, you know, his, his office and they're giving me all the information. I think it's just a formality. Uh, and I understood that. And, uh, so I, I just, I quick texted her real quick again and just say, Hey, listen, I just want to make sure, you know, I'm out at the farm in Indiana. I'm working, uh, do I need to be on here? And she, she again reiterates the same thing. No, you don't really need it. You can if you want to, but you don't really need to. It's, it's not that big of a deal. I said, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and work. You know, go ahead and do my thing. Just let me know what happens. So um, the, the day goes by, and, and I follow up with her, and I ask her, well, are we divorced? <laughs> you know, and I get this text back, this lengthy text back, that talks about yeah we are and but um, and then she goes into this thing how the distribution of the, uh, the assets from the sale of the house are different than what we had agreed upon and they were way in her favor and instead of having the checks made out to us uh, individually for what we had talked about now they're being sent to her attorney putting in escrow and she was getting the lion's share of the portion of it and blah 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 man I was pissed off beyond measure. I was livid. The first thing that came to my mind was that she went behind my back 
And she, you know, although she agreed to our agreement, she didn't like it. She didn't want it. And she went there and pitched her own idea. And when I asked her about needing to be on there before the court, you know, before the actual call, she said, no, I didn't need to be there. So my feelings were after she wrote this, I was so livid that she had used me and she had gone behind my back gone there with the idea that she was going to pitch this to the, you know, to the judge. Of course, the judge is going to go for it. You know, New Jersey, I don't, they tend to really screw guys, <laughs> you know, when it comes to thing, when it comes to divorce, it really is. It's not a very uh, uh, male friendly uh, state to uh, have a divorce in. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Anyway, you know, and I was just, I was livid, man. I was so pissed off, man. I said, you, I cannot believe this. I said, you chose the last thing that you could possibly do before a divorce to go behind my back and be untrustworthy. And it's funny because I just had a conversation with her a couple of days prior about the importance of trust and that trust has got to start somewhere, right? And then she turns around and she does this to me. Man, I was smoking hot. Uh, it was like a Looney Tunes uh, cartoon, you know, with the steam coming out of your nose and out of your ears. And just, it was, it was really bad. And I was, I was just, uh, I, I, my feelings were just like all over the place that day. So, uh, you know, I was so upset, so upset that I was, I almost called my agent. I was, I was going to get on the phone with my agent and tell him, I don't even want to do this deal. Screw it. I don't care if they're getting ready to close tomorrow. I don't care. I'll, I'll let them sue my ass. I don't care about anything. I, my, my, uh, my wife has gone behind my back and she's played this game with me and I am so frustrated. And I'm going back and forth with the, my agent uh, via text. On, actually, it was on a thread. Uh, and I knew that Carrie was on that thread and she was just silent. She wasn't saying anything the whole time. And uh, at the, the, the very last thing that I said on there, I says, listen, you know, it seems like I'm the only person that gives a rat's crap about what's going on here. And if Carrie really, you know, if she really cared about what was going on, she would be making some comments. But apparently she doesn't care because she went behind my back. Blah, 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 blah. Man, I was, I was furious. She finally, she finally responds to that thread and she says, I'll call you tomorrow morning. I said, fine. Tell me what time I'll be here. I'll make myself available. The next day comes around the next morning. She texts me. She goes, well, I don't know if I want to call. Uh, just send me what you, what, how you think the distribution should be. I go, we already talked about what the distribution should be. And you agreed to the distribution and you changed it. You went behind my back and changed it. And I'm not sending you anything because I already, I've already done that. And why are we revisiting this when we've already talked about it? And I said, just call me. And she, him, hauled around a little bit more, a couple more texts and blah, blah, blah. And I says, listen, you went behind my back. Call me. Let's talk about it. So she finally agrees and she calls me. So I wanted, before she called, I was, I, I was livid, man. I was smoking. Uh, that night and the next day, I, was, I couldn't even think straight. And, but during that time, I wanted to make sure that I didn't want to come off as a jerk, okay? I didn't want to come off adversarial. I knew that I felt that way. I didn't want to come off that way. So I, you know, I, I, when she called me, I answered the phone. And, and in a good way, in a calm way, I said, I, listen, I can't believe that you did this to me. 
uh, it wasn't, I didn't do it in an adversarial way. I really try not to do that because I just didn't want that kind of, because we'd never come to a, we would never ever come to any kind of agreement if we were just yelling and screaming at each other, right? So I told her, I said, you know, I really, I can't believe that you went behind my back and you changed this agreement that we, you know, this distribution agreement that we had. And, um, you know, and you, and you purposefully told me not to be, that I didn't need to be on the, the call. It's my fault. I didn't, I didn't get on because I didn't think that there was any really need for me to do so. So it, it was my fault that I, that I wasn't on. I, I get that. I understand that. I'm not saying that it was, you know, I, if I was on there, then I could have, I could have said something. I could have presented my position, but I wasn't because I didn't think I needed to be there. And she reiterated that again. I says, Carrie, you know exactly what you did. You, you told me that I didn't need to be there. You went there and you and your lawyer, whatever, you went there and you said, I'm not happy with this. And this is what I suggest. And then, the, and of course, I'm not there. The judge gives you what you want. And now we're stuck. And now our check is going to an escrow to your attorney. And, I, and I'm screwed and I don't have any say in it. I was, again, I was really upset, if you can't tell. Anyway, she goes, Bob, she goes, I did not do what you're saying. She goes, when I went to court, the judge went through and he answers, you know, as you ask a bunch of questions about this and this and this and this. Well, of course, uh, as part of that discussion, it, the, the distribution of funds from the house came up. And I told him that you and I are having a difficult time coming to an understanding of what, um, you know, where the money is and who the money was going to go to and who was going to pay off what debt and blah, 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 blah. And I explained to him, just like you and I have talked about, that this is the situation with the debt, the credit cards, blah, blah, blah. Well, he decided that the judge made the ruling that uh, since most of the debt was in her name, that she would, she would be the one paying off all of her debt instead of us splitting it up and, and taking care of it, which we agreed to before. And she goes, Bob, he says, I promise you, I did not go there in a, in a, uh, with a preconceived plan to go behind your back. He says, I would never do that. I didn't do that. And I, I, she goes, I just didn't do that. It was the judge's decision to do that. Um, and you know what? I, um, after talking with her, I, I believed her, even though I, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of trust. Um, I got the feeling that she was, she was actually telling me the truth, that she had not actually done this um, on purpose, but it was, just a, it was just the course that, was going, that, we had, that she went through and going through the, you know, through the trial and through the, talking with the judge. So, I, um, so we, it, it, we talked a little bit more, and she goes, well, how do you, you want to distribute? And I said, well, blah, 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 let's do this, let's do this. Uh, it was a little different than what we had agreed upon, but I did, at that point, I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to uh, fight anymore. You know, I just wanted kind of things to be equitable, as, as, and that's the way they should have been. And we came to an agreement on how things. And so she wrote it up. She broke out all the debt. She broke out everything. She said, "This is what you'll get. This is what I'll get." And I said, "My biggest fear," and I told her again, "My biggest fear was this: that you were that you weren't going to take all the money." And pay down all of our marital debt that you would use some of it, save some of it to do something else with it. And I says, if you can agree with me that you will give me notification that you've paid off this this credit card, this credit card, this you know these debts, these uh, 
medical debts, this stuff, you know, our HVAC or whatever it was. I don't care what it was, but I want to make, I want to make sure that if you get this amount of money, this set amount of money, that that's what the debt represents. And that's what we pay off and everything is paid off in full. And same thing on my end, I had things that I need to pay off and she agreed. So, and we, and at the end of it, we, you know, I told her, I says, you know, I, again, I reminded her that trust has to start someplace. And I really appreciate her calling me to clarify what had happened because my, not my opinion, but my impression was that she was ripping me off and going behind my back. And that wasn't the case. And I had to, I had to accept that. And I had to, I had to change my perception of the situation. It was hard but I had to change it because I was wrong. And I always wanted to make sure, and, and during this whole divorce, I love my wife. We had a, we had a wonderful, I've known her for th- almost 14 years. And I've always respected her as a person. I've always respected her. She's been a great mother to my children. She's a great mom. She's a professional. She's, she's one of the best occupational therapists in South Jersey, for goodness sakes. She's, she's got a lot of wonderful qualities. I just didn't want to end our marriage hating her and having uh, a wrong impression of what had happened. And I was able to get that, 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 um, that conclusion to this. And I just, I told her, I said, listen, I just want to be, I just want to be friends. You know, I just want to have a good relationship with you. Um, and if we have a chance to, you know, to get together, you know, with our children at some point and we are, tra- you're traveling to Utah or wherever we end up and we have an opportunity that we can, that we can get together and maybe have lunch and talk about our lives and things like that. She wanted the same thing. So that was what happened, you know, this week. It was very emotional all week long, all week. Well, actually up until Wednesday. And, um, and I just... I, I was just very thankful, and at the end of the day, it was really tough, and I just had this overwhelmingly calm feeling. I was divorced, the house was all settled, everything was done, I knew what was coming to me, and there was just this huge calm feeling that I had that what we had done was right and good. So, of course, me, I start thinking about you know my life, I start thinking about what's happening in this world. And all the garbage and all the crap that's going on in this world today, you know, <laughs> I've been out at my my brother's farm taking care of you know taking care of the horses and great you know taking care of the farm while they've been on vacation. And one thing I've learned is I know what I know what horse crap smells like and it looks like because I've, I've I've shoveled a lot of it lately. And what's going on in this world today and in, in, in our country? Let me tell you, it smells like crap. It looks like crap. It smells like crap. And when you when you have both of those uh, those qualities, it is crap. I cannot believe that we have leaders in our in, in our cities and in our states that are allowing these people to to destroy things, to riot in a way that is destructive. I cannot believe that we are allowing our history our history uh, to be dismantled and and try to be and having it erased right in front of our eyes. And I cannot believe that we have 
we don't have people that are standing up more and, and, and fighting us and not just posting crap on Facebook or your Twitter account or, you know, people need to start standing up to this and say, this is not going to happen. We are not going to allow these people to make us fearful and, and reject the, the notion that the United States of America is a bad place and that is rooted in bad and evil intentions because it's not. That's the biggest lie that there could be. I've read so many articles about this Black Lives Matter uh, you know, leader that's talking about if we don't get our way, uh, we are going to burn. If we don't get what we want, we're going to burn the system down. He's also talked about... Um, you know, that they've, you know, they've had people training them in, in warfare and things like that. It's like, what, I don't get it. Why, why are you pushing fear? I mean, you, we have fought these battles in this country. We have fought slavery and we won. We have fought discrimination and racism in this country and we have won. I was, I was in sixties and the seventies. I was a young kid, a teenager in the seventies. Listen, I, I witnessed this stuff, and we fought this stuff, and we won this battle. And now we have people that just want to continue to have and separate us by the color of our skin or by what we do, and we continue to have people that want to do that. You know why? Because it's a moneymaker. Because people hate people. They just want to hate people. They don't want to solve any issues. They just want to hate people. Now, that being said, yes, are there, are, is there... Is there some is there racism in this country? Yes, there is. There are cops that do bad things, cops that make bad decisions, They're, that are violent. You know, I was I was reading another article this week uh, that talked about you know with George Floyd, and there was no evidence that have come forward in this case that that indicated anything that it was a racial caused by racial action that this police officer did this because this is a black man. He was violent and he did something horrific. And we all know that the, the, the justice is being carried out the way that it's supposed to be carried out. And this, this police officer and, and, the, and the other police officers that are with him are, going to, are charged and they are going to stand trial. And more than likely, they will be convicted of what they did. What they did was heinous. It was terrible. It was, it was bad. But that being said, yes, it was, it was an act of violence, which you want to have a, a discussion about that. That's another. But all this destruction, all this rioting in these different cities has all been based on George Floyd and it being a racial issue, a black and white, a black and cop issue. And it's not. It's a big lie. Okay, what you have is you have a group of people that hate America. They don't like America and they want to change its history. They want to go down and destroy everything. They want to destroy our, our statues and destroy our history of what and what's made us great. Okay. I once had a friend of mine tell me, like, you know, if, if, if a statue hurts your feelings or you have bad emotions about that feeling, you know what? Good. You know why it's good? Because it helps you not to want to return or have those things done again. You don't want to have those situations return. So it helps remember. It helps you to make sure that you remember that those things happen and that they never happen again. Okay, I, we've had people that want to tear down George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, for God's sake. I mean, the man's the man as the president of the United States fought slavery, won it. Okay, we have the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment as a result of this. It gave the rights to vote, citizenship, the right to vote. 
These battles have already been won. Why are we battling these things? You know why? Because we want people, we have people in this country, we have people that want people to be separated. They want us to be separated. They want whites and blacks, Hispanics, everybody to be separated. That's what they want. Because that's where the money is. That's where there's, it has nothing, very little to do. Because if they really were concerned about the situations with their different races and stuff like that, they would be dealing with their problems like they should be. They should be dealing with problems in Chicago. Uh, why is there so much you know, black-on-black death? Why aren't they there to worry about? No, we're, we're tearing down stores. We're tearing down neighborhoods, burning police departments down. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely asinine what's going on. And it's all based on a group of people, this Antifa or however the hell you say their name, I don't really care. What you have is a bunch of people that just want to destroy this country. They want to rewrite history and they, 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 they want to be offended. They want to be offended by everything and everything that somebody says, somebody does, or whatever. It's, it's, it's creeping into our, 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 it's been in our social media forever. It's creeping into our, uh, you know, it's been creeping into our uh, corporations. Now everybody's woke. Everybody's got their social justice warriors. You know, the cancel culture is in, that's taking place is ridiculous. We don't have any people that lead anymore. We don't have senators. We don't have congressmen on a, on a federal level. We don't have them on a state level that have enough courage to stand up and stand up for what is right and be leaders. For goodness sakes, you have Seattle and Portland. You get these mayors letting these people burn their cities down. It's ridiculous. Be a leader, for goodness sakes. Be a freaking leader. Don't be a... My, my, my mom the other day came up with this word. It was funny. She goes, you know what's the problem with today? We got a bunch of leaders who are a bunch of wussies. And she's right. They are a bunch of wussies. They don't know how to lead. All they know how to do is complain. All they knew how to do is fight. And if you don't agree with me, then I'm going to burn down a building. I'm going to break into a bank. How that all relates to, to racial uh, injustice, I, you, I don't know. You, maybe you're smarter than I am. You know, I'm not a, I don't have a PhD. I'm not a professional. I'm just this average Joe that's uh, working on a farm in Indiana and going through a divorce. And I see this stuff and I hate it because I love my country. We have fought things. We have fought wars in this country. And we have for freedoms. We have, and we are a country that is good because we learn from our mistakes. That's what makes us great. You know, there's countries, every country in this, in this civilization, and civilizations have had slavery. Yet we're the country that fought slavery and won slavery. We're the ones that fought segregation and won that battle. Yet we still have people who want to sit there and do that because it's moneymaker, because that's what they want to do. They want to hate. They want to make people fearful of them. They want to, they're fear mongers and they speak in these absolutes. And it kind of reminded me of that quote from uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi when he was fighting Anakin and Anakin had turned to the dark side and Anakin was speaking in these absolutes. If you're not against me or you're not with me, you're against me. And, uh, and uh, what's his name? Obi-Wan says, 
only a Sith talks in absolutes. And that's what we're having today. I just, it's like, what are we doing? Like, you, if I don't agree with you, then we're going to burn your house down. If I don't agree with you, you're going to come in and take what is mine because we can't have a civil conversation with each other. We can't have a dialogue with each other. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely stupid. And it needs that people need to start standing up and say, we are not going to allow this to happen in our, in our country. We are not going to allow our freedom of speech and things that we hold dear to be destroyed by these people. Okay, we, we, we the people need to start standing up and saying, we are not going to accept this. We're not going to accept this kind of behavior from our leaders. We'll vote your asses out. These people aren't doing anything anyway, so get rid of them. They're doing, they are doing nothing. We do not have leaders in this country anymore, and it's a scary thought. We need people who lead. We need people that we can look to that will make good decisions, right decisions, that follow the Constitution, love this country for what it is, for all of its faults, all of its goods and bads, Look at it as a country that we have always been a country that changes and we see the bad and we change it and we make it better. That's what this country, and that's what makes a country great. That's what makes, I love my country. I love the United States of America. I love it. You know, and what we've, what we've been seeing over the last decade is a bunch of people that just allow themselves to be offended. They just allow themselves to be offended. A bunch of social justice you know, woke individuals that just want to be offended all the time. It reminded me of a, it reminded me of a, uh, of an incident uh, that I, I was working for a newspaper about four or five years ago, and uh, I had a birthday. You know, my birthday is in October, so if you want to send me a, a birthday card in October, go ahead. But I had I had a birthday in October, and one of my best friends that uh, I was working with there, he bought me a cake, right? And on the cake, and I can't remember exactly what it said, but it said something like this: "Man." You are an old, you were really old or something like that. And it was really funny. I think it had some old geezer on there that, you know, and I was laughing my head off. The cake was really good, by the way. And, but I was laughing my head off. Everybody there was, you know, all laughing their heads off and we had a good time. Well, you know what? A couple days later, guess what happens? My manager calls me into her office and she starts asking me all these questions about was I offended, blah, blah, blah. HR has gotten a report that you were, you know, that some offensive things were taking place. And, you know, we have to be proper and we have to make sure everybody's everybody is not offended and things like that. And I looked at her and I said, what in the world are you talking about? She says, no, I was not offended by anything that my birthday cake said. I am an old guy. And I thought it was hilarious that it was it was that he gave it to me and I laughed and I told him that. Well, come to find out they weren't worried about me being offended. Somebody else was offended because the cake that was given to me. Can you believe that? Somebody complained to HR because they were offended by a cake that didn't have anything to do with them. What a joke. Like, I looked at my boss and said, oh, you got to be kidding me. This guy's complaining that it's something that has nothing to do with him, that he's offended by my cake? Give me a break. And I told her, I says, there's nothing here. So tell HR to go blow because it just doesn't, it, 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 we choose to be offended. We choose to allow ourselves to be offended, period. That's what it is. We choose ourselves to be offended and it's ridiculous and it needs to change. We need to stop being such, as my mom would say, stop being such wusses because that's what we have become in this country. 
That's what we have come. This is the last few generations that have allowed this to happen. We're taking having our rights away. We're, we're taking or having our free speech taken away from you. If you don't agree with me, then you're wrong. If you don't agree with me and agree with what I tell you, I hate you and you're a, you're, you're a xenophobic, you're a, you're, you're a racist, you're a sexist, whatever, because you don't agree with me, there's no conversation. And this needs to stop. It needs to go back to what I learned with my divorce and with my, my wife, my ex-wife now. You know, if you don't stop and if you have these things in your head that you think that are right, but they're actually wrong, then you need to stop and think and listen. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you will learn something that will change your thinking. And what we need to do is we need to have a, a, we need to have a mind shift here in this country. We, need, we know that there are people out there that want to, that hate our country, that live in this country, that hate this country. They think everything is wrong with it. They want to tear down the Constitution. That is the facts about this stuff. This is, this is, much of it has nothing to do with race in this country. It all has to do with people wanting to tear down this country. Saying that, yes, there are people who are racist in this country. Yes, I understand that. There are cops that do bad things. Yes, there are cops that do bad things. There are doctors that do bad things. There are teachers who take advantage of students. I don't want to lump everybody into everybody's bad because a few bad people do bad things or they make bad choices. You can't do that. You cannot live a life. You cannot have a society that starts nitpicking everything about what somebody does. You just can't, okay? You can't apply what we what standards we have today three, to somebody who lived 300 years ago or 200 years ago. You know, I, I, I saw this, I, I read this other article about, and I went to, I, you guys are, know I'm LDS, I'm Mormon, and I went to BYU, graduated from BYU. And in the middle of the main court thing, there's a, there's a, um, there's a statue of Brigham Young, right? Brigham Young was the second president of the United States after Joseph Smith was martyred in Carthage jail. Brigham Young is the, is, is the leader who brought the pioneers across the plains and settled in, New, and settled in Utah and Salt Lake City and built a city, right? And somebody thought it was cute and thought it was funny to sit there and paint Brigham Young's statue and marking it up with racists and all this stuff. And this guy who wrote this article was talking about presentism, that we apply our distorted views on things to people who lived in the past. And I thought, how, how true that is. How true that is, is that you cannot apply the same kinds of thoughts or principles or whatever, what we have today to somebody who lived 300 years ago. This is why we're tearing down statues, you know, because Jefferson was a, happened to be a slave owner. You know, well, at that time, that was, it, it was wrong, but it was, at that time, it was acceptable. That's what, it, that's what every, most everybody, the whole world had slaves. Every civilization has had, had slaves. It's wrong, and now we, we fought wars over it, and it's wrong, 
But that was the way it was. That was the, that was the common out. That was the common thing in that time. You can't judge him based on what we know today or what battles we fought today. It can't be done. It's not right. We, don't, we cannot destroy history. We cannot take history away. History is there to help us to remember what we did wrong and what we did right to, to correct it. That's what we need. And all this destruction and all this stuff is nothing more than trying to erase our history, erase who we are as human beings. And if we don't have leaders that stand up for this, we don't have some leaders that are sitting there saying, this is, this is wrong, these kinds of attitudes. We don't have mayors. We don't have uh, governors. We don't have people who are standing up to this, who are just letting their... I, it's it's an unfathomable what I'm seeing. It's it's crazy. You know, grow a pair, guys, or you know, whoever's leading your whoever, whatever mayor is leading these people. You are doing a bad job. I mean, you should not be in a position where you are. Period. You shouldn't. You should not be there. It's pathetic. Stand up for what's right, for God's sakes. Stand up for what is right. And there is right and wrong. There is right and wrong. Right, right is having dialogue, being able to solve issues, being able to talk with one another and seeing each other's point of view, not threatening me because I don't agree with you that I have to believe the same way you believe in order to, and you call me a name or you call me some kind of racial slur or whatever because I don't agree with you. Give me a break. Call it for what it is. Let's get back to being able to have conversations in this country. Okay? Let's get back to sitting at the table, and I'm sure everybody's probably listening to me, the few that are probably listening to me. You know, at the table, you have people that, that believe so. You have liberals. You have conservatives. You have Democrats. You have Republicans. Sit at the table. Have a freaking nice meal. Talk about your beliefs. Talk about your ideas. And then you know what? After you argue a little bit back and forth and you share each other's ideas, get up and have a freaking piece of cake or something to have a dessert and realize you're still family. You know, this is not something that we need to, something that we need to be, you know, so diametrically separated from that we never are able to come to any kind of conclusion or we can never come to any kind of an agreement anymore. And that's where we are in this country. Because you have a group of people that want, that want to spread hate. They want to spread fear. And that's all this is. It's all this is. Look at facts. Look at our history. We are a good country. We fix our problems that we have. Do we, we, do we have problems that arise? Absolutely. Let's make, let's make positive changes to those things instead of just going out and burning our cities down, right? Instead of destroying things, destroying businesses. That doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense. You know, I, thanks for, for listening today. It was just something that I wanted to get on here uh, and talk about. You know, I want to leave you with this. If you're the type of person that gets offended by it every time somebody says something, stop it, okay? It's your choice to be offended, all right? It's your choice. You can either be offended or not. Stop it. And the next time you have a conversation with somebody, don't always think that you're right. Have an open mind. Listen. You might learn something. Things might change. That's all I want to say today. Have a good night.